nothing to lose, everything to gain by recording. Really, you should just record your conversations 24-7. Wear, wear a mic at all times, not because your friends are committing crimes, because they might commit a bit. Chris, you are being recorded 24-7. By the CIA and the NSA? Yeah. Maybe yeah. that's the reason. They're like, they're just on the hunt for great bits. Like they're all... <laughs> they're, just, they're just content manufacturers. I mean, maybe there's a reason that the Joker is such an enduring bad guy and he's often portrayed as like a failed stand-up comedian who just wants to make everyone laugh. Maybe that's the NSA. They're like, if we could just find the perfect bit, then we could get everyone to laugh instead of having to invade countries. Isn't that basically what the Ring show is? The Ring? Remember there was like that thing where Wanda Sykes was like supposed to be hosting that America's Home Videos show, but it was basically just like the live stream of people's <laughs> Ring cameras? I forgot about that. Oh. Was it too controversial online to... To make even for America? I mean, it's psychotic. Yeah, I think yeah. it might still be happening. Huh. I, I didn't ring realize Nation? it was ring cams. I thought you meant like it's America's Funniest Home Videos, but then Wanda Sykes crawls out of your TV and kills you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, what up, homie? <laughs> <laughs> Bet you think this is so funny, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, my drink has real alcohol, even though I'm on TV. Okay, time to die. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Wanda Sykes is very funny. Hilarious. I just watched that Ring movie. That's a good movie. The original Ring? Uh, No, the American one with Naomi Watts. Um, But that show really did happen, I think. It says there's an October 2022 CNN business article that says why Ring Nation may be the most dystopian show on TV. So I think it happened. I, I can't find a Wikipedia for it. Ring Nation, watch now is what's getting typed into my browser. <laughs> watch full episode. Uh, here online. we go. Yeah. <laughs> Ring Nation. There's no like. We episode. live in the Panopticon, the comedy show. <laughs> <laughs> it is weird for CNN to call things dystopic. It's like when you watched a cyberpunk movie or like read a William Gibson novel from the 80s. The talking heads on the news weren't like, by the way, we're in a dystopia. Right. But nowadays it's like the CNN. I mean, I'm, this is like on the CNN website. I'm sure none of the talking heads would It's like, necessarily it's, say it's that. just funny because it's like, look at the hell we live in. And then under that, it's like ads to watch the, the hell we live in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, what's really funny about William Gibson novels is you can still follow William Gibson on Twitter today, right now. <laughs> and he posts and retweets stuff every single day. It's and awesome. Sometimes some real fucking weird shit will come across my timeline and I'm like, what am I looking at? And it's like, <laughs> William Gibson retweeted. I'm uh-huh. like, still at it, my guy. Way to go. <laughs> yeah, he still writes books. I mean, Const- yeah. like the peripheral was really good. Mm. I think he's just constantly like 20, 30 years ahead of the curve. Like in the 80s, he was writing about like, Maybe even more. I feel like some of his, like I, I read Neuromancer for the first time earlier this year and the extent to which it's basically about now and the internet just has like a different like visual conception is pretty weird. Yeah, I think he's cool. I mean, he doesn't have the best politics or anything, but he uh, definitely has, he has like a materialist analysis about s- culture, which mm-hmm. is really weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like one of the, he's like a, he's like some sort of guru in a very odd way that like no one else really is. Right. Um, like I don't think he reads Frederick Jameson, but I bet if he did read it, he could breeze through it. He would understand it. <laughs> he's very like, Oh easy. yeah, this is what Obviously. I've been saying. Oh yeah. yeah. Someone else agrees. <laughs> oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. I feel like he just got to Jameson by way of like reading every, uh, Philip K. Dick novel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just through the pink lasers. Yeah. 
Well, philosophers love to talk about Philip K. Dick. I don't know if Frederick Jameson has, but I know a bunch of other, like fucking uh, Nick Land never shuts up about Philip K. Dick. Back when he was writing good stuff and now when he's writing insane things. What was Nick Land's good stuff? Um, Immanuel Kant and the Prohibition of Incest was the best thing I've read from him. Okay. Pretty good. I liked it. I've heard that a lot of his other early stuff is really good. Pretty much like... As soon as he got done writing, it seems like writing Fanged Numina drove him insane. I say. And I haven't read that book yet, so I can't tell you if it's worth your time or not. And so you're saying he had okay ideas. He just like got to a conclusion where he's like, we have to be racist to save the world. (laughs) Yeah, well, (laughs) hyper racism is one of his concepts that it's, there's way more to it than that. But also I think, yes, that is included in there. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Nick Land's problem, if you want to, I can't believe we're talking about this now, but if you want my (laughs) honest opinion, it's that he's a Kantian. He is actually a very adept and good reader of Kant. And I think his philosophy is more or less what happens when you take Kantianism to its logical extreme because to him everything is a series of antagonisms there's no dialectical relationship between them they're just things Mm. that are at each other's throats for whatever reason they've been juxtaposed in the world and I think but then what happens uh, like if, of, if everything they just win, one thing wins and then the other dies completely. Yeah, yeah. It has no effect. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, he's huh. you know he's a big computers guy. He's like a product of the late '90s and early 2000s. And I mean, you do enough LSD and amphetamines and listen to enough jungle at a high enough volume, <laughs> you become a Kantian. You just become into a weird Kantian. I mean, I I feel like the contrast between him and Mark Fisher is like really instructive because they both came from the same scene and they're like two of the most different people that you could possibly imagine. Like, I think Mark Fisher died because he was so sensitive and the world wounded him so bad because he loved, you know, the people in it so much. And Nick Land is still alive because he's like one of those little old men you meet in the bagel shop who just is 96 years old and will live another 20 years on hate alone. (laughs) (laughs) Just full of anger. Just rage and and one of the worst people you've ever met, but by God, he will be around for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Just slamming black coffee and amphetamines and eating like 300 calories a day. Somehow that's all he needs. Like four hard-boiled eggs and like a really weird pickle. (laughs) <laughs> well he like moved to china but he's like insanely anti-communist which I'm, I'm like i don't know how one of the most rabidly anti-communist people in the philosophy universe right now is a british guy living in beijing but okay like <laughs> you tell me how that works Nick. there's uh, probably like enough expats you can hang out with and like yeah. be like oh yeah this is basically capitalism like i yeah, think I you ignore to, a lot of it uh ian goodren talk about china and there's like specific parts of cities that are like for american expats and businessmen who are like there that have to be there and they have like like a ball pit (laughs) (laughs) and those are just full of idiots who hate the government there Mm. um and you can find a lot of people who agree with your takes about uh the uh the the uh Communist Party. Um, I guess in a country of like 1.6 billion, there's going to be some cranks. You there's going to be some crank, and there's going to be some. You know, I, that's what I'm. It's so funny. Like you see people talk, um, Westerners specifically talk about places like China and Russia, uh, 
they're never talking about India unless it's in the news or whatever. But like, Mm -hmm. you know, you see people talking about countries as though they have a single character. Even if the government itself had a single character, which is usually not the case. I mean, it's, it's a kind of the case in America. But like, it's also very wrong because people don't consider the clandestine state and the, you know, and like corporations as part of the state. Mm-hmm. Um, but Americans think of their own government that way. So they assume every country is like that. And then like also every citizen is like basically the same. <laughs> it's just like, they can't, they can't conceive of things. It's just like, there's tons of fucking crazy people in every country. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's perfect if you're some like Western turbo conservative crank who goes to China and realizes like, oh my God, there's a bunch of other Western turbo conservative cranks around here. I can be part of a counterculture in China. <laughs> Back in England, I'm just agreeing with what all of the Tories are always saying. Right, that's exactly. Not fun, in <laughs> that China, doesn't seem I feel cool like at all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, a leather jacket. <laughs> <laughs> Back in England, I'm kind only getting ratioed by the damn teens but uh in china i can find a lot of guys on weibo who are picking up what i'm putting down yeah that's also <laughs> funny because like online has made people think that like 20 people who have the same disease or whatever is like a political movement yeah that they that they must have like a seat <laughs> in some kind of state congress somewhere just because 10 people agree with each other <laughs> yeah soon <laughs> this is going to be the thing i i swear because i have 60 followers who <laughs> who all agree with me yeah they're yeah. always liking my tweets it does seem watching like, my like, twitch streams it does seem like people like jk rowling like deep down they kind of feel that way because they're just like you know of several thousand like extremely online people who make fun of her all the time. Like, I feel like she's like, these people are meeting in some secret bunker somewhere to plot against me. (laughs) They are. It's the bunker of discord. We're all getting, we're all getting together and not just harassing JK Rowling, but doing it in a coordinated fashion. (laughs) We have so many discord servers dedicated to this. It's unreal. (laughs) Yeah. Just to be like, you're ugly. (laughs) Your face is stupid. (laughs) Harry Potter's Italian. (laughs) Yeah. It's actually a criminal offense for us to do that. (laughs) Write the part where he gets mad about the quality of some Buffalo mozzarella. I dare you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, this is BB Bledis. That's right. It's a, what is it, a regular bonus? Uh, this is regular. 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 Okay. Hello. You're smoking the Reggie this week. Welcome <laughs> to your Reggie. You know, I've noticed Why that. Why have we never called it the Reggie-ler episode? I can't believe we haven't gone there. <laughs> you don't even have to talk at the, the ledger or the allure. You can just say the Reggie episode. The Reggie. Yeah. Good old Reggie. Yeah, if the you want Reg. the mids, you have to go to patreon.com slash That's right. Uh, and you'll get more of this kind of nonsense. <laughs> That's what mids is, right? Twice as much Reggie packed into the same space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a, f- a physical anomaly. <laughs> yeah, it's it's Reggie when it's loose, but when it comes in a tight little piece of brick, that's when it's mid. <laughs> yeah, that's why it's that's good. why it's so spongy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, it bounces back. A little underproof, but good quality. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
Yeah, well, as long as we're talking about weed, uh, you won't if if you go to Patreon and get some mids, you will now uh, theoretically no longer have to serve any time in jail if you are charged with simple possession. Although, wait, I don't think that the pardons that Biden gave out actually affect the current law. So Mm -hmm. I feel like you can still get thrown in jail for the thing all these people got pardoned for, except also the people (laughs) who all got pardoned are all already out of jail. Right. So who does this help exactly? (laughs) Yes, in case you're not aware, uh, I guess last week, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. President Brandon... Uh, posted on Twitter <laughs> uh, that he was going to pardon every person who f- was federally charged and put in jail uh, for, I think, specifically possession. Yeah. Like not dealing, just yeah. possession. Simple possession. And I don't think, I think if it was accompanied by other charges, it doesn't affect those. So, like, a lot of times they'll get you for having a gun on a drug charge, oh, even sure. if the gun is legal. Uh, otherwise, and then they'll do that for all kinds of other stuff too. They'll say you resisted arrest, sure, they'll yeah. say you impeded right. an investigation, withheld evidence, whatever. So, so, mm-hmm. so lots of people, lots of smart, you know, informed people were looking at this like, what the f- like? This is crazy. It's it's really amazing that he's doing this. Um, but if you, it took a it took a couple hours for people to start being like, wait a minute. <laughs> what exactly does this mean? The the official press release for this thing uh, said that zero people are being released from prison and 6,500, which is not nothing, 6,500 people isn't nothing, but they are being pardoned. And so people were like, well, that's at least that's good. 6,500 people are being pardoned so they won't have to deal with you know, the, the stigma of committing a federal felony, mm-hmm. the, the white house press release specifically mentions that they still do have to report it on like job applications. Oh yeah. I forgot about and that. And like the, it, you don't get to expunge it from the record. Like you still committed, a, you're still a felon. You're just pardoned. So it like kind of helps maybe in like some cases it's, it's, I've I've meant I've brought this specific scene up a lot, but in the jerk, there's a scene where Steve Martin is like selling prizes at a fart carnival, and then he's like, "Okay, you can have this between the toy piano and the harmonica," and people are like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> <laughs> like, there's a huge prize wall, and you can have any of it, but actually, because of some stickle of the rules, you can only really have this one little wind up duck toy that nobody wants. Mm-hmm. And it's like it'd be one thing if they just did this. And like liberals got to put it on their list of like little things that Mm -hmm. Democrats do or whatever. Here's why Mm -hmm. Joe Biden is the best president. Right. You know, okay, whatever. (laughs) But making it like a news event and trying to get me to believe that Joe Biden is releasing millions of people from president. Like people thought that people were like, wait, (laughs) what? How many people are being released from prison? And they like didn't say that that wasn't the case until Mm -hmm. you read the whole thing. I, I don't know. It just it Fox felt... News sure thinks it's the case. They're like the loony right. left is letting all the reefer madness people out of jail to, <laughs> right. to murder all of our white children or whatever. Well, sure. Like, everybody who's going to bat for how great this is online is saying things like it represents a really big step in the right direction towards federal decriminalization and eventually mm-hmm. legalization. And I'm like, well, then why isn't any other fucking step been announced or happening? Why did they spring this on us without mentioning that they were going to do it? Why is this just suddenly a thing? It feels like 
to me, this is specifically set up so they can do this thing that does almost nothing at all. Right. And then not do anything further mm. because they're trying to like, they're trying to slow roll the federal legalization process, which is inevitable. But like they want to let it be this fractured thing where like every different state has different legalization rules and they get to fight over rulings and stuff because having uh, the, the political momentum of this issue lets them keep running on it for a long time. And if they mm. solve it now, it, they don't get to campaign on it for, you know, 10 fucking years anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the timing of it happening right now is because the midterms are like, I think there's already like midterm primaries happening happening soon and then we're going to have the midterms and like they want to have like a thing where they can be like see we did the thing that like the loony left wanted us to do we're we're helping out everybody but yeah like like you said john i think represent is a very uh telling word to describe mm -hmm. it because it's like they basically want something that gives the appearance of being much more progressive than they are because they don't actually want to do this or like have much of a vested interest in doing it they just are like want to have something that can appeal to people under the age of 50 and be like, hey, you should still love voting for Democrats. Democrats are awesome. We do shit like this. Yeah, I mean, I f it feels like something that is tailor-made to have the headline sound really good. Like, I yeah. feel like we're at the point now where Democrats are styling their, like, legislation and executive orders and those kinds of things. They're structuring them like clickbait. Where it's yeah. like the headline looks yeah. really good and then you kind of read the details, which most people don't even do. And it turns out like, oh, this actually fucking sucks. Like only 10% of this <laughs> is even worth half a damn. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely interesting because it, it tells us that like the, the online discourse that has been, you know, since Bernie started running for president, I think a lot of people who before were not super engaged with anything they would consider progressive or like socialist or whatever is like, oh, yeah, we should abolish prison, legalize drugs, have workers' rights. Like, a lot of people got on board with, like, a general left move, left swing of politics. And I think, like, that meant that politicians like Joe Biden and other Democrats have to be like, okay, we have a lot of these people and there's a lot of energy there, so what's the best way to manipulate them and, like, tap into their energy and votes without actually giving them anything that they're asking for? Because if we do, then they'll ask for more stuff and we can't mm -hmm. let them pull us any further left than we already are so what's like the ways we can stay in the same lane but like keep offering little things that make most people think we're doing that yeah i just want to critique a little the language like mm -hmm. they're never never once in the entirety of this podcast or the past couple decades have the democrats been pulled left right yeah, like yeah. that's not a thing that can happen because mm -hmm. they their ideological project is very secure mm -hmm. uh by force uh and and by just by nature of them existing mm -hmm. um yeah. they they are not they don't ever get pulled anywhere they mm -hmm. are a bulwark towards protecting the infrastructure of the state yeah they yeah, are, they mean, are they're bolted to the center by the financial industry and like the weapons industry well i would like, even argue that they i mean like bolted to the right maybe? there's no anything like it's it is an imperialist machine mm -hmm. that they are a cog in, yeah. and that's it. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, like, look at the way that they swooped in uh, during the impending freight rail strike here in the United States and set it up so that, like, their tentative agreement that Joe Biden himself and several other Democrats came down to help broker between the rail workers and the rail uh, operators was set up so that, uh, you know, even if the first union, the first of the really big unions to vote on it, the Brotherhood of Maintenance of Way Engineers, uh, voted against it. It would still take there. It would kick in a thirty-day grace period uh, before a strike could be called, so that they l- can't legally call a strike until a few days after the midterms. <laughs> wow! Like, it's blowing my mind. Like paying mm-hmm. attention a little bit more closely, how much everything really is set up and angled towards the midterms, which is like the midterms aren't your the midterms aren't citizens of the country i don't know why you know obviously it's because of funding but like it it seems crazy that like if you really want to get something out of american politics by working within the system you have to avoid these like sand traps like oh don't try to to do anything too close to the midterms it'll get eaten up by that or Mm -hmm. like the water hazards where it's like you know oh you can't have such and such senator sign on to your bill because then it's going to come under scrutiny and it'll be on Manchin's desk before you know it. And it's like, (laughs) (laughs) I don't think a a good functioning society should have any of those things to take into consideration. I think whatever's best for people should just be done as quickly and efficiently as possible. (laughs) Well, I think, I think the traps there are set up specifically by themselves Mm. to, stop them from doing anything like all of these things are done in such a way to like all politics at this point is trying to do something so that you can get a media blast uh but setting it up in such a way where you didn't actually do anything because the point of it is to keep everything the same yeah well it's like the democrats are riding a bicycle Right. And then they have this stick and it's labeled Republicans and then they <laughs> jam it in the front wheel of their bike and then they cry on the ground. <laughs> I can't believe the Republicans did this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but but that's the thing is that like I think that they still like they don't actually have anything in their bike. They're they're fine. Mm-hmm. That's what they always wanted to do. They wanted to lay on the ground and do nothing. Um. I don't think they get messed up at all. Like, I think what's, it's just, it's still just so frustrating that we're so deep into a a country that is so clearly evil in every way. Mm -hmm. And you still have people who uh, claim to be, you know, some form of Marxist or, or, or socialist or whatever. Like, let themselves believe that an American fascist party, we only have two, uh, want to do anything to help the people or the workers. Like, it's just not ever going to be the case. Why are you even paying attention to it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's always really disappointing to see people tack back towards the center, and, or the which is the right, whatever, where <laughs> yeah. they're just like, yeah, you know, I, I oppose the Democrats. I hate the Democrats. I don't rely on them for things. 
but there are some races where it's really important that we throw our weight behind blah 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 and it's you like you simply know, have to hand it to them <laughs> no and that's the thing exactly you don't have to hand it to them because handing it to them implies that you're going to do something to help them and doing something to help the democrats beat republicans is just saying like okay in this little zone it's not going to descend into hell at a hundred percent speed it's only going to go at 99 and then you dust off your hands and you go home and you watch the new house of the dragon episode or whatever you feel really <laughs> fucking good about yourself yeah I, I feel like it's like the equivalent of uh if there's like two bears fighting in the woods and then you're like hmm wait if i help one of these bears uh fight off the other bear then i think the one i help won't eat me and then he's going to beat up one of the bears and then he's going to eat you and you're gonna be like what but i i helped you i helped you not die and Bear, bear doesn't care. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but secretly the bears weren't fighting each other in the first place. They're just pretending to to get you to inspect what's going on. Yeah, they the were bears. just wrestling. Yeah, for... they're, yeah, they're hoping that you would show up. <laughs> um. Yeah, and I don't know. There's like a... There's some... I feel like there's some movement in people understanding how psyops work. Mm. Uh, For example, Ukraine. Yeah. Like, there's very few quote-unquote leftists um who who like think the ukraine is like good um and that it's great for the, us to support them i feel i feel like that's compared to when they last did this with hong kong mm -hmm. where right. like it felt like every single person with an anarchist flag in their bio or whatever was like Support Hong Kong. <laughs> yeah, now it now it's just rose emoji Twitter putting the Ukraine flag in their body. Right. I, I feel like there's some sort of I mean, obviously I'm basing this entirely off Twitter, so it's not real or anything, but it, it my experience has been like there's been some level of people be like, Hey, wait a minute. These people seem like Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, what gave I, it away? The fucking the, swastikas, the black hole sun, the... <laughs> yeah. the Won't you come? The love yeah. of fascism. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, like all of the symbols being like very apparent even in the like look at what this hero did kind of a news coverage coming out of mm -hmm. ukraine like they they're trying to give you like a feel-good story and they still can't find a photo of somebody who doesn't have <laughs> fascist insignia somewhere on them <laughs> yeah but, they're like what what about someone hanging out with a kitten surely that oh man they still well whatever we'll go with it look yeah, at this well, cute ki kitten helping them fight even the war. their like non-azov battalion logo the little shield thing like there's pictures of them like pre-1945 like murdering jews with that logo not the azov one that right. one because yeah. they were really really fascist yeah well and then <laughs> and I, they still think, are well it was that and then it was also like right at the beginning of the the actual war all of the stories that came out of ukraine that turned out to be fake like the, oh, the yeah. ghost of Kiev and the Snake Island mm, soldiers yeah. who were supposedly massacred, but they were all fine. Uh, and then most recently, the Crimean Bridge explosion. Oh, yeah. Where that happened. And then like a day later, John Blinken was on mic being like, this is going to offer major strategic advantage to the Ukraine and its allies in the West. <laughs> and it's like, okay, just say you did it then, bro. Because like, <laughs> <laughs> what else are we supposed to believe? And it has been reassuring that even people who are like garden variety libs I've seen yeah. on the internet being like, that's suspicious. It kind of seems like we did that. <laughs> and I'm <laughs> right. like, you're getting it. You're kind yeah. of catching on to something for once. Yeah, yeah. the Nord Stream thing too. Yeah. Oh yeah, well, the, the pipeline. pipeline. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, we blew up our own pipeline for some reason <laughs> putin did it yeah i think there's a lot of people who are like well putin's 
a super villain, but they also are like, even if they like buy into the propaganda about, it's not like Putin's a great guy or anything. So it's like pretty easy to be like pulled even more so that way, but they're still like, well, America is bad too. So it's not like, I think this is a good guy fighting a bad guy. I think it's like two evil superpowers fighting over a proxy war in this region. So I think a lot of people are, are on board with that at least. Right. Yeah. Where people were, I feel like maybe much more susceptible to, I don't know, just Orientalism with China. Yeah. The whole, the, the whole like, Uyghur thing where I feel like people were like, well, everything I've ever heard about China is that they make cheap stuff in big factories and that it's like slave labor and Foxconn. So they must have Uyghur slaves. Like, why wouldn't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's also, it's so weird with the pipeline specifically because it's like, that's a pipeline that goes from Russia to Germany. Why would Russia blow <laughs> up a pipeline that's making them an insane amount of that's set to make them an insane amount of money? And that's the other thing too is I've heard people be like, "Well, the German state could have done it covertly to give the middle finger to Putin." And I'm like, "Germany is going to suffer really bad <laughs> from yeah. not having that pipeline. <laughs> like that doesn't fucking help any Germans." So it really only leaves one world actor you know, unless like, I don't know, Belgium decided to go a little nuts, <laughs> blow it up or Poland. Yeah. Bolsonaro is trying to for one last, uh, one last gas before he loses <laughs> the election to blow up a pipeline. Oh yeah. How's that going? Oh, the election in Brazil. Yeah. Uh, they had the first round and Lula came out in the lead and mm-hmm. all of the other candidates besides Lula and Bolsonaro were removed and Bolsonaro and Lula will go to the second round. And theoretically, if polling is to be believed, Lula stands an extremely good chance of winning. It is not a lock by any means. They're pretty close. Uh, In fact, I saw a lot of commentators saying that uh, they expected Lula to have a better margin right now. Mm. Uh, But Bolsonaro being the incumbent, of course, has a lot of latitude to fuck with election results. So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens in the second round. But as far as I can tell, uh, Lula does stand a very realistic chance of once again uh, running Brazil, which would be pretty fucking cool. I got to say. I would like to see it. (laughs) We'll just fuck him up again, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he'll probably end up back in prison and then he'll probably have to run all over again. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But speaking of doing incredible things after being sent to prison, uh, let's talk about an inmate in Georgia. Okay. So this is a guy, I was was kind of reeling a little bit as I read this. So uh, this is a guy, let me find where his name is. Arthur Lee Cofield Jr., Uh, who has been sentenced already for gang activity. (laughs) He's been in prison since he was uh, quite young. And he has been assuming the identity of various billionaires, calling their financial institutions and transferring very large sums of wealth, millions of dollars into his own bank accounts. uh, Allegedly. Wow. (laughs) So how? His his primary target that the article talks about is uh, Sidney Kimmel who is apparently some kind of Hollywood entertainment mogul. He's the CEO of Sidney Kimmel Entertainment, which is responsible for Hell or High Water, Crazy Rich Asians, and Moneyball. So federal authorities believe that Co- this inmate, Cofield, who is known for constantly having access to cell phones, despite the fact that he's in a uh, 
maximum security prison and mm-hmm. should not be able to get them. Seems to always have them. Mm-hmm. They believe that he's been <laughs> using these to call customer service representatives and pretend to be, uh, you know, this this Sidney Kimmel or any other very wealthy person and then arrange for multiple millions of dollars to be wired to companies in like Idaho to purchase 6,000 American Eagle one ounce gold coins, for instance. (laughs) Uh, And then also arranging for a private plane to transport the coins to Atlanta, where some of them were used to buy a $4.4 million house in Buckhead, Georgia. Uh, and there, the agents are quoted as saying, Cofield was a shrewd, intelligent individual who could con you out of millions, uh, which is like, I get it, but it's it's incredible that this guy is doing this from prison armed with just a bunch of cell phones. <laughs> and the best part, too, is that he's pleading not guilty. So whatever he's doing, <laughs> he thinks he can get away with it. <laughs> yeah, the idea of like he's on the phone and he's getting like... He's like, all right, guys, uh, chill out for a second on the prison. Don't make it sound like a prison in the background. And then he's like, uh, <laughs> hello, this is uh, Sidney Kimmel. Uh, can you, uh, I need to make a transfer of, uh, I need to buy 6,000 gold coins. And they're like, uh, absolutely, Mr. Kimmel. It's like, what information <laughs> is he giving them that they're like, yeah, this, this tracks. I guess he's just like outside in the yard making deals. I mean, what yeah. is it? I, I don't know. This seems fake. <laughs> I mean, I know. <laughs> it, it seems. I, I think it's like if you're if you're un, like if you're enmeshed enough in the criminal world, then it's like you're in jail. There's a bunch of other criminals in there, and then there's a bunch of guard. It's like a prison is only as uh, as tight as the guards who work there. And it's like if you can find a guard to buy off, or find many guards to buy off, or threaten, then you can bring in whatever you want. Like I don't know. I don't really have much faith. Like in the American prison system to actually like keep any contraband out or like keep people from like having access to cell phones if they really want them or drugs or whatever. This guy's so cool. Have you seen, have you seen, uh, chameleon street? No. John? What's that? Oh, it's just a movie about this guy who it's a real story about a guy who like just impersonated a ton of people. Um, sort of like a catch me if you can type of guy, but he was mm-hmm. just like, I'm a surgeon. Yeah. I, 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 I could be a, <laughs> I could be a, a professor at a Ivy League college or whatever. <laughs> he would just like go and be that guy. Uh, he's really like an like, actor, but he's like, my stage is the real world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like some people are just like, everyone's faking it and no one really knows enough to like challenge you if you seem confident. So just, just follow your heart and uh, steal some gold coins if you want to, or be a surgeon or whatever. Yeah. This guy is on the, the, the biggest grind set. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> even if you lock me up, I'm still going to be yeah. making billions of dollars. Yeah. I was going to say, it's like, what do you even do with him? If he's like already in like a maximum security prison, like clearly you should just set him free. Cause what difference does it make? Yeah. Well, and it's also like, what guards are you going to put in front of his cell that are not going to be able to be swayed by his large amounts of money? Like if he really is doing this scamming gig and he can snag $11 million here and there, like, are you paying your prison guards at even in Supermax or whatever? Are you paying them enough that they can't be swayed by a dude who's like, yeah, if you bring me a cell phone, I'll give you a million dollars once I get some money in. Uh, because he must be sending you- it to himself somehow, right? Well, it seems like he gets it uh, transferred into goods like right away. Like that's why he mm. had it converted into gold coins and then took the gold coins by plane 
to Georgia to buy a house with them because I feel like if you sit with the money, if you had it in a PayPal account or something like that, it would be like way too obvious. But if you scam call the financial institution and have them directly transfer the funds to a private company, Mm. it's going to be way harder to track that back to you. And Mm. to be fair, if it is this guy doing it and it's not just billionaires scamming themselves and then blaming it on already incarcerated people, which is a story I would also believe. But if it is (laughs) this guy doing it, he has a lot of time to sit around in maximum security prison and think about exactly what's going to keep him from getting caught, which is, you know, maybe an argument for prison abolition, which is if you put him in there, (laughs) they're just going to have time to think about how to do crime better. (laughs) out here they're going to have responsibilities i don't have time to think of a good crime i have to have a job (laughs) (laughs) i can't Uh, yeah honestly i can't think of a single bad thing about doing this crime though this is not a crime to me he's just Mm -hmm. if he did this there's no allegedly he didn't Mm -hmm. he claims to have not but if he did 100% 100% support to Here, me. Tell me here's how. Yeah, even even uh, the billionaire, like his lawyer was like, Mr. Kimmel was unaffected by whatever occurred and we have no knowledge of what occurred either in terms of background or context. Yeah, these people don't give a yeah, shit. Yeah, and they were like, if there's fraud, it was on Charles Schwab Corporation, not Kimmel, mm-hmm. which is like, if you can think of one victim that's even less of a victim than a billionaire, it is the Charles Schwab Corporation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, yeah and exactly. There's, there's something called, uh, I think it's called Regulation E or just Reg E, Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a financial law. I'm going to make sure I'm saying the right one. Regulation, <laughs> Regulation E. e. It I'm sounds deep. like a movie. It sounds like Brazil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's a, it protects consumers when they use electronic fund and remittance transfers. And mm-hmm. basically the language of the regulation is that if a person who is not supposed to have access to an account transfers money out of the account, no mm-hmm. matter what, the financial institution is responsible mm. for reimbursing the rightful owner of that money. Sure. So here's the thing. Their money is better than insured. It is legally protected and must be returned to them, whether the company, whether the bank can recover it or not. So this is a crime where it's like, it's fun to take it from the billionaires and give them a heart attack, but they're not even the real victim here. You're just robbing Charles Schwab. <laughs> literally, the, literally the no victim. Yeah. There's not a victim here. Yeah. It's just, it, it, it's not even a person who has this money or had it. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. just a building. Yeah. <laughs> a building had it and it, no one was touching it. It was just funding a a terrible system mm-hmm. and then they didn't even notice that it happened we need like a thousand of these guys we need them like sapping money from jp morgan and from charles yeah, Schwab we need an army from... of these guys yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, we if need to get possible, in touch with this guy and i need to do this i'm going to do is. this tomorrow yeah. <laughs> 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 i'm gonna go down to the prison and get on his visitation list <laughs> have a little chat with this guy yeah. i'd like All to right. know something How, yeah. let me know yeah you should have you should have involved me before i'm not gonna be mad about it <laughs> I, I i forgive you for for not letting me know how to do this before <laughs> um but you have to let me know now yeah, well, I have to drive down to Georgia first, which is a long <laughs> ass way. Uh, I'll <laughs> yeah, race you. <laughs> <laughs> 
should be about the same distance for both of us. Uh, yeah, I, I love him, and I hope he keeps all the money in the gold. Yeah, yeah. just keep on keeping on, my guy, and keep, yeah. keep getting that bag. Stay, stay on that grind set. If Man. they take your, if they take your millions from you, just get it again. You can, know how now. You'll probably you, do it better. Can you imagine a better guest to have on the show than having him call in on a contraband <laughs> phone from prison? That would be. That would have rule. to end the show if that happened because it would have peaked. I would love it. it. Yeah, I would. Love I'm gonna it. try and I'm gonna I'm gonna start writing to him. Yeah, 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 hit hit him up and try and get him on the show. I would love to have him call in. <laughs> uh, whichever one of us is available can just take the call because I don't know what time what time sure. he usually has his contraband phone hours. I figure you probably <laughs> got to be pretty tactical. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's probably really like that they, they change guards at seven fifteen, so he does a five minute call around then or something. I feel like the guards are probably on the payroll. Oh, There's no way he doesn't tape. have money. Like, he's got money. Mm-hmm. Well, he had a girlfriend that uh, was known for like uh, having living in a really extravagant house, having a really nice, nice car, you know. Nice. She, so it seems like he was able to get the money to people on the outside uh, mm-hmm. that wanted to have nice things. And then she actually got, I think she's the only person who's been convicted so far. And because she Damn. was unwilling to testify against him, she got 15 years. Oh but my he must God, have his girl him held him down? <laughs> this rules. Yeah, it's, it's a really nice story all the way around, except for her getting busted. <laughs> right, obviously yeah. we don't want that. <laughs> yeah, Not happy about that. But speaking of people who stayed on their grind sets, uh, let's talk about a Dutch employee of a U.S. corporation, which sounds bad. <laughs> but it's not. It's good. It's good. Uh, so this guy was working remote. Uh, he was a remote employee of a U.S. business and was fired for refusing to turn his webcam on while he was working. What? Been, yeah. That's so a crime now? Come on. The, the U.S. is like... <laughs> if, you don't throw, if you don't turn your webcam on, they throw <laughs> you in jail. <laughs> so, so, yeah, this Dutch guy uh, was working for the Ricewijk branch of Chetu Incorporated, which that is a software fascist. development team... <laughs> headquartered in Miramar, Florida. Uh, and he mm. said he was earning over 70,000 euros a year in salary, commission, variable bonus, and holiday allowance. And then when he refused to uh, keep his webcam on, they fired him. He went to the Dutch courts and the Dutch courts uh, awarded him 75,000 euros for wrongful termination. <laughs> nice. That's only one year's pay though. Yeah. Probably. It's probably less considering he was a... What, a, a coder? Yeah, well, he was actually a telemarketing worker. Oh, okay. okay. So it's probably a little more mm-hmm. in my experience in America, but who knows? Yeah. Uh, it's not that good. <laughs> but at least he, at least they were like, hey, you can't do that. I mean, but like, did they, did they say to the employer, like, hey, you can't fire, you can't make people do this? Is that uh, the I- law now? I don't know if they did or not. And in fact, I believe the only reason that this was even possible is because he was working in the Netherlands, in mm-hmm. Zeeland, West Brabant. Uh, so, West Brabant, maybe in Dutch. West Brabant. West Brabant. But in the United States, uh, no court would ever <laughs> make your employee. <laughs> like the NLRB might try if it's like really egregious, but they they fired him, uh, summarily fired him on 26th of August for, quote, refusal to work and insubordination. So also he got a year's salary for only a few months of being fired, which is pretty fucking cool. That's and, good. Uh, That's nice. He also is quoted as saying, 
I don't feel comfortable being monitored for nine hours a day by a camera. This yeah, is no an shit. invasion of my privacy and makes me feel really uncomfortable. That's the reason why my camera isn't on. You can already monitor all activities on my laptop and I am sharing my screen, which is like, this just sounds like a guy that that that's Dutch for like, I've had enough. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm drawing the fucking line. Yeah. Cause like, what else could they possibly want to know? They probably want to like see how long his bathroom breaks are or like see what he's eating or like catch him on the phone. They just want some mm-hmm. fucking bullshit to like tell him he's not doing a good enough job or tell him he has to work harder or whatever. And uh, I think it's great that he's getting paid for drawing a line. Yeah. Yeah. I think everybody should be drawing that line. If you have a job where they have, they need you to have your webcam on. No. Yeah. Don't do it. That's one of the big things that I've been thinking about a lot, looking at like a lot of workplace struggles is that like, yes, wages and benefits and days off and scheduling and all of the like, you know, bread and butter staples are always on the table. They're always worth being talked about, but like a lot more people are waking up to like, Hey, I shouldn't have to be monitored 24/7. You know, you should yeah. you, you should take the fucking camera out of my truck. You should make me, you know, stop making me turn my fucking webcam on all the time. And I've even been seeing people like on Twitter and stuff who are like, "Heads up, if your boss asks you to come in before your shift and work without clocking in, you don't have to do that." And I'm like, Oh boy, do we really live in a society where that needs to be a heads up? <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, insane. Yeah. Like are if I ever see somebody working off the clock, I'm like, are you going to bring the manager a shiny new apple tomorrow? <laughs> are you yeah. going to get a gold Manager's star? pet. Manager's yeah. pet. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just fucking silly because it's like, I don't know. I feel like especially with the pandemic and with the way that inflation is going, people are just straight up fed up and they're going um i hate to say this because scott adams is such a piece of shit but they're going dilbert mode (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i think it's i think i i don't know i I think it's good in general but i I do worry about like it this isn't enough like Mm -hmm. having the having the idea that like we want to like return to when i was only exploited and could dick around like a little bit mm-hmm. like that does worry me a little bit like hopefully hopefully most it seems like there's a lot of like labor energy of like hey we should be protected and we're valuable and like i think that's a good first step like understanding that you are a person with worth and mm-hmm. like you n- people need to respect your agency as a human that's a really great first step but it also has to be like well you don't need them at all <laughs> like is the actual like final step and i i just don't know if i see people getting there yet yeah um, well it, it's hard cuz like a lot of organizations aren't really super militant uh and the ones that are like you know you get looked at a little bit screwy if you're like, yeah, I'm a communist and that's why I'm involved in labor politics because a lot of people in labor politics are just straight up fucking Democrats and like get really upset when you say like, Hey, maybe these unions giving a bunch of money to Democrats is a waste of the union's funds. (laughs) Yeah. Don't fucking do that. They don't do anything for you. Mm -hmm. They're the bosses. But it's also been really nice because it's like, 
there is a lot of energy that's just like, yeah, just poop on the clock. You, your boss hates <laughs> this one weird trick. And that is fun and funny, but it, like you yeah. said, like it doesn't really go anywhere. But then there's like groups like Starbucks Workers United who have been really, really good about doing like real bread and roses shit where they're like, yeah, we need better schedules. We need better pay. We need mm-hmm. better benefits. And we also don't want to have to have a dress code anymore. And we also like want to have a board in every store that's two workers and a manager that signs off on any kind of changes that workers propose around the store and stuff. So it's kind of interesting. And that's why I like labor so much is because like every other area of politics that I've gone to, it's like, wow, the dead ends that the bourgeois Mm. state has put Mm -hmm. here are really impressive. And then you (laughs) go to labor and you're like, there's still some dead ends here, but they're a lot more shoddily constructed. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. you can, you can, because you're not, you are making the democracy happen. Mm-hmm. Like as a worker, you're like, okay, well, we're, I'm just making you do this. Mm-hmm. It's not about like, if you want okay, someone to make the lattes, we're yeah, all going to take, gonna do this. we're all going to take a vote. And then if not, I guess I'll just go back to my regular life or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, I'm going to change this in my life and you're going to like deal with it or, you know, you're not going to have me here. Yeah. Well, it's an arena where people can make gains by working together that don't just turn into some kind of like consolation prize, take home version mm. of the game. And instead they feel (laughs) empowered where it's like, okay, if we did this, if we got better wages and hours or something for ourselves, then maybe like through mass struggle and group organization, we could accomplish way more than that. And like, that's my biggest dream is that maybe if people realize that the power of, of unions and labor is just the workers doing things together and not like the workers backing some quote unquote most progressive candidate this district has ever seen, <laughs> yeah. then like maybe we'll actually get somewhere on the national stage eventually. I don't know. Probably not by the time climate change has fucked us right up the ass, but maybe during that'll be good <laughs> enough. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, for is during. I mean, but yeah. that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, about what you were saying about workers being like, Hey, you can, this is too far. Like everyone can get pushed too far. And mm-hmm. I think, Unfortunately, in our lifetime, getting pushed too far is like watching your neighborhood literally be destroyed by floods or forest fires Mm -hmm. Um, and watching everyone in charge of doing anything about it do nothing about it. Um, And so I have some... I mean, it's weird because it's not a hope. <laughs> it's like an it, that's like an accelerationist thing. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's like yeah. something's gonna give eventually. I it's mean, already well, happening. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm waiting for the day that the news is like too absurd, and I just don't think it's ever gonna come. I think this is the same stuff that like made Kafka insane and mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. made Sartre's eye do that. Is like <laughs> we're living through those kind of times again. And uh, one of the one of the biggest uh, canary in the coal mine moments for me that like we've just entered the the fucking shadow zone is that the news item I saw most recently is Dr. Oz stood in front of one of Hitler's (laughs) cars at a fundraiser and had Jordan Peterson call in. (laughs) Matt Gates's in-laws hosted the high dollar dinner. (laughs) It was a high dollar dinner. (laughs) Why? Why was he in front of Hitler's car? I don't know. He's been on this insane campaign against John Fetterman. Uh, mm-hmm. And and it, is that it's, guy cool or is he just uh, against 
Dr. Oz. And well, so anybody would seem cool. Yeah, there's that. <laughs> Let's not ignore that because that's a critical part <laughs> of this race. But also like John Fetterman kind of fucking sucks. He's a Bernie bro cool. and he, he exists with all the limitations that come with that. Uh, he's famous for being a Harvard grad and the super hip mayor of Braddock. And uh, I know. And, and he's supposed to be like the real working class Harvard grad because he doesn't wear a suit. He's a big guy <laughs> who looks like a biker and he wears cargo pants. Right. Like your dad. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, whatever. Uh, he used to be a customer of mine when I worked at the Starbucks in the waterfront, actually. Oh, He'd come in him. at five in the morning and he would get two tomato mozzarella sandwiches. And I got to mm, tell wow. you, Delicious. that's like the worst thing you could possibly get at Starbucks. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, and uh, yeah, so he's like, he's, he's not that great. He's, his big thing is that he wants to like legalize Shitty marijuana. Sandwiches. He's also famous for uh, chasing after a black jogger with a gun one time. Oh no. Yeah. Oh my God. Very, very bad move. But the controversy around that has been kind of muted by the Democratic Party a lot because they've kind of decided that like he's the hip. I, I think they're trying to set him up to be the next Bernie a mm-hmm. little bit, but he just doesn't have the credibility. He's the farce. Bernie's the tragedy. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> um. Yeah, it's such a shame because it's like even Bernie has a lot of issues and limitations and like mm-hmm. terrible takes. But then it's like your Bernie bros are even uh, even worse. Like other Bernie fans in American politics are just like way more tainted by it than he is somehow. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, we've always said on this show, like Bernie was like would have been good. Like it would have been like probably a good thing in in a reformist sense if he won, but it's like, that's it. Like it it wouldn't have been anything else. And I think that the damage that Bernie as a politician, as a concept, you know, has done Mm -hmm. is like convinced people that like, if you're just charismatic enough or consistent enough in your like beliefs or whatever, you can vote your way into socialism uh in the democratic party yeah um and that's horrible like just actually awful um and i hate it mm-hmm. yeah. and i don't think anyone should do that yeah well that's the other thing it's like i i feel like there's a lot of controversy around this race because it's a senate race you know it's to mm-hmm. determine who's going to be one of the senators from Pennsylvania and Fetterman has had like a very very memeified campaign he's made a bunch of meme posts about how like Dr. Oz is really from New Jersey. He's not a Pennsylvanian and like, you know, playing on like regional dislike of New Jersey, which exists in all of the states that border New Jersey. Um, (laughs) And everywhere else, as far as I know. Yeah. And so it's kind of interesting because this article says we have several theories about how and why this happened. One, Oz's team is extremely bad at their jobs. Two, they might hate their boss. Three, this was an intentional wink to the fascist elements of the Republican Party. And I'm like, I've got a fourth theory for you. Dr. Oz's candidacy is a ploy by the Democrats to have somebody that is so bad and so obviously a terrible (laughs) candidate that we all get excited about a guy as kind of boring and not that exciting as John Fetterman. (laughs) (laughs) That's also possible. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I I mean, Dr. Oz has always seemed like he's been a big, like, Democratic donor type douchebag anyway. mm -hmm, Like, mm -hmm. he's wasn't he on fucking Oprah and shit? Yeah, he's from that same circuit. But I feel yeah. like if you go back far enough, Donald Trump is also kind of That's from true. that circuit. That's it's, true. For sure. It, yeah, he used to give a lot of money to the Clintons circuit. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Of yeah. course. 
They're all rich. Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> they're all super wealthy. Sorry, I don't know if you know, but they're your enemies. Yeah. <laughs> well, and like the guy who put on this event, Palmer Lucky, that's Matt Gates's brother-in-law and also the founder of Oculus VR. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Who's who famous for being a Donald Trump supporter and being repeatedly photographed with Steve Bannon and known white supremacist Chuck C. Johnson. Uh, with both Johnson and Lucky himself flashing a white power gesture. So, you know... Is it the okay <laughs> symbol? I guess. <laughs> I don't know which one. Uh, but it, at this point, it's just like, there's so many fucking dog whistles around this, and this just feels like they've they've pitch shifted the dog whistle. Like, it's a YouTube v- video where they're like, dog whistle, but you can hear it. but it's not silent at all (laughs) dog whistle what's that like weird like 420 megahertz oh it's like a a brown note no like you know it's (laughs) making a and b like 420 instead of 440 hertz oh that whole weird argument yeah yeah, and they're like it makes you like tap into the uh, vibrational energy of the universe amazing for deep (laughs) sleep and thinking they're doing that with a dog whistle (laughs) with the white power symbols yeah yeah well i'm Honestly, what if you were just a stoner metal band and you were like, yeah, we tune A to 420 <laughs> instead yeah. of 440. Why? It, it doesn't sound good. It actually sounds much worse. It's terrible, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's kind anyway. of the point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're all just fucking stoned. We want it to sound bad. Hi, I'm in King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I just heard their new tune. I really liked it. it was really oh, their good. new stuff is... Uh, they. It's fun. They're funny because it's like... They put out so many things that I never listen to it. If if I see like, oh, they put out a new thing. I'm never going to just be like, let's find out for myself. I'm always going to wait till like some music reviewer is like, this is the best thing they've released since the last great thing they've released. Mm. Oh, Oh, no. I've just been gradually picking up on them for like five years now and becoming more interested over time. And now I'm at the point where if I see new King Giz, I'm like, yep, click right now. Give it to me. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, because I I saw them on the Nonagon Infinity Tour and it was incredible. It was like right after Microtonal Banana came out and he was like playing songs from that too. Mm. Uh and they're great, but it's just like they'll release an album right after that. They release like six albums every year. <laughs> and I was just like, no, I can't handle this. It's and also then a I'd band like, with like nine people in it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I've, yeah, I've heard a lot of their stuff. But the new thing, whatever that new thing is, that's like a 30-minute song. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really great. Nice. Yeah, I think I watched a music video for like an eight-minute section of the new song. That, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was pretty tight. I enjoyed it quite a bit. <laughs> uh, on that note, uh, go and listen to King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. <laughs> uh, there's literally hundreds of hours of music to choose from. Not a lot of bands can say that. <laughs> some of them are really good hours. <laughs> yeah, and some of them are three-hour Basically psychedelic noise compilation. <laughs> right. Which, hey, if you like that, it's more cool power too. To you. you just need some yeah. background music. And speaking of good hours, if you want hundreds more good hours of the show, <laughs> that's right. You can go to patreon.com slash lettuce. You should. And for only $5 a month. Think about any hundreds of, you could, you could go back and listen to an episode from like, what, 2018? We have episodes from 2019. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll sound, we started in 2017. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 2017. Wow. Okay. The ancient we'll sound, past, the Bronze Age of podcasting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll sound young and uh, and fresh. We'll be talking about Bernie. We'll be making fun of Donald Trump. He we'll even, we'll have even worse takes. Oh yeah, you can hear me say Murray Bookchin a bunch of times. <laughs> Won't that be exciting? I think we we'll talk about Sterner some back then. Yeah. Oh boy, there's a bunch of that in there. We all live and we learn. Yeah, we do. We live and we laugh and we and we learn. love. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, and you can go to patreon.com slash bpbletus and hear all of that bullshit. Uh, you can also get access to the Discord where we hang out there. Uh, and uh, I did. I started doing the generation loss ending. I was oh, like, yeah. we're not going to show you any movies in the Discord. <laughs> we could. I mean, we're not, probably not yeah, going to. Why not? No, I'll post but, a link. But you can go listen to Bryn's other show, Generation Loss. That's and you can true. also listen to my other show, Work Stoppage, if you want also to hear more good. about labor. And you can check out Todd's store, Doomer.shop. There's always new stuff popping in there. And if you really want to, you can smoke weed and have a good time. <laughs> and until you. next time. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> Bye-bye. Beep on. Beep on. Goodbye. Bye.